Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Positively Wrestling. I am Tim Kennard, and of course, the heel to my baby face, the brain to my gorilla, and um, I don't know, the the natty to my nature. I don't know why I went with that one. (laughs) I don't even know what it means. Well, I I just throw out nonsense for the third one anyway, but Stephen Davidson, how you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm glad today is, uh, well, yesterday's over. Today is just beginning. What time is it, Tim? Well, we are recording off late this is about as close to live as we're going to get for a while maybe in the future we'll do some live shows hopefully uh but right now it's about uh almost 2 a.m yeah close to it yeah it is so thanks for listening (laughs) yeah we're 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 staying up late for you tonight so yeah welcome back to the the show that is ad free for you because it is income free for us that's right (laughs) yes we need we, we need some ads, Tim. We do. We we need we, to up those listens, and then we can get some ads, some sponsors. And if if I if I just did an ad right now, would they pay us? I don't think it works that way. Pet um, boys, all right. Go to Pet Boys to buy stuff for your car or something. All right, that's uh that's Pet like Boys the worst ad I've ever heard. <laughs> We got a mate. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna be rolling in the dough. Pet boy's gonna be knocking on the door real soon. Well, I hope they wait because uh, I'm going to bed after this. Well, that's true. Uh, but uh, thanks everybody for uh, being with us and tuning in. Uh, we got um, a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're gonna kick things off though, um, not with the three count, uh, but we're gonna start with Pat Patterson. Um, of course, we lost Pat earlier. Uh, or late last week, I guess might be the correct way to say it. Um, middle of last week. It was Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. So about a week, a week ago today. Yep. So, and of course, what a, what a loss to the wrestling world. Pat Patterson um, has been, I mean, a part of the product for as long as we've been watching. And, and longer, longer. longer than we've been alive. Yeah. So, the man is truly the epitome of what a legend is. And we just want to kind of recognize that and pay our respects. Um, and just talk about some of the fun memories that Pat gave us uh, over the years for us personally. Uh, and I'll let you kick it off, Steve. Well, he, if there's anything you like in wrestling at all, he had a hand in it, whether directly or indirectly. Uh, he was just the the mind behind so many things. He invented the Royal Rumble. Uh, he was the first Intercontinental Champion. He had a legendary tag team with Ray Stevens. They were NWA and AWA tag team champions. He, uh, a, a lot of people just remember him as being one of Vince McMahon's stooges with Gerald Briscoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never stopped giving to the business. And just looking at all the tributes that poured out for him, you can from from the the current talent you can see Mm -hmm. that he just kept giving and kept giving uh he was known for coming up with great finishes to matches Mm -hmm. uh i even mentioned him uh in our uh top 10 matches and moments episode 
uh, for putting together the Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior Man event at WrestleMania six. He did that. Um, and just he, he did everything. He did everything. And everybody loved it. He was the, the first openly gay wrestler in at least in his generation. I, I, I'm not sure about if there was any before, not that I know of. Um, and so he was a trailblazer. He was a wrestling genius. He 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 got it and he he gave and he just gave and gave and gave. And um, it, it's a huge, huge loss. And he's one of the most influential people in the in the history of the industry. Yeah, I mean, the man gave us the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, that's what that is. I mean, we're going to be talking about our three count, which was um, our favorite gimmick matches over the years. And even though a particular Royal Rumble didn't make it into my top three, Royal Rumble is one of the pay-per-views I look forward to the most every year. I just I love that match and the way it's set up. And we have him to thank for that. And that's incredible. But you're right. He had a hand in so many things and development uh, of so many people, uh, match types. I mean, I'm sure he had a hand in the Elimination Chamber. <laughs> Hell in a Cell. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure he did. Specifically, and, I, I don't know. If, if not in the concepts, then certainly in putting some of the matches together. Yeah. But yeah, what an incredible man. And... Uh, a loss uh, just felt around the world of professional wrestling. Everyone, no one has a bad thing to say about Pat Patterson. And that, you know, is a testament to who he was and what all he did for the business. Yep. And he will be missed. Um, I particularly, I loved him as the Stooges in the attitude era. He was so funny. Him and Briscoe. Um, Don't know that I needed the, Briscoe versus Patterson uh, evening gown match. Evening, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Hats off to both of them for going out and putting all, putting all into it. You know, it's what he always did. And yeah. if you want to see the other side of it, you know, look up his match with Sergeant Slaughter in Madison yeah. Square Garden in 1981, Com- completely, completely on the opposite end of the spectrum from an evening gown match with Gerald Briscoe. Um, but I, he had so many, he had matches with Ted DiBiase and, and just so much. He had such a career in, in every aspect, in every level of the business. And there's, there's nothing he didn't do. Yes. So our thoughts and prayers go out, of course, to the family of Pat Patterson and everybody whose life he touched and all the wrestling fans out there. Um, you know, we know he's up there hanging out with warrior hanging out um my god so many guerrero all the ones the, the, we've the lost. pictures in the tribute that that they did for him on wwe programming this week were just great to see some of those with gorilla and with bobby heenan and with arnold yeah. skoland and bret hart and and just so so gene mean gene okerland yeah just so many so many great pictures and just yeah it was really touching it, it, yeah really really sad loss yes um so yeah, that's, you know, Pat Patterson, what a legend. Uh, he'll be missed and, you know, rest easy, rest in peace, Pat. We love you. Uh, moving on from, obviously that's, that's kind of a sad note to start on, but we did want to touch on that. But of course, now we're going to get into the three count like we always do. And my challenge, as I mentioned earlier, was uh, your top three favorite gimmick matches um, of all time. 
and uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and kick off. And the criteria that we set was that um, like it had to be, what do you say, just anything outside of a normal match or tag match? Yeah, anything with more than a stipulation, but not any anything that adjusted the rules. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So my number three um, was from WrestleMania 25, and it is the Money in the Bank ladder match where CM Punk won for the second time in a row, his back-to-back victories. Um, I just, I've always been a fan of the Money in the Bank match, and I was much more a fan of it when it was at Mania than how it's been on its own pay-per-view now. I liked it being that special attraction at Mania. Um, but this was like the, the second coming of CM Punk. Cause the first time he won it, that was kind of a failed experiment with pushing him into the main event. It didn't quite get booked right. And the fans didn't quite respond the way they wanted them to. Uh, but then the second time around, it seemed like they got it right. Um, and it helped really get that push for him started. Of course, then it got kind of stamped back down again and it wasn't until we got to the summer of punk and uh, the whole with him leaving after his contract expired in what, 2013 2011 yeah um so much later but yeah i just love this i love this match it was uh i mean all the high spots i have not had a chance to go back and re-watch it so i can't speak to a lot of detail on it unfortunately like i say it's been a very crazy week as you can tell since we're recording this so early in the morning um but yeah that's my number three all right excellent um for me okay so i'm i'm doing a little bit of a cheat here when we did the the top 10 or my top 10 matches in your top 10 moments uh three of my top 10 matches were gimmick matches so right. those those are my top three. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to technically do my number six, number five, and number four, um, so that I'm not repeating. Yes, what's on that list? If you want to know what those were, uh, just download that episode. It's in our archives. That's right, and um, you can you can determine which of those three, which of those ten matches were were three giving matches. So my number six or my number three for today is Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys in the first ever tag team ladder match. This was at No Mercy 1999 on October mm-hmm. 17th. This was the precursor to the TLC matches and to the triangle ladder matches with the Dudley, with the Dudley Boys. Um, this, this put both teams on the stage. This was the first time they really got noticed by the audience. And um, it was the first tag team match that was like this at all. Um, some really brutal, brutal spots. Um, they did a seesaw ladder spot where the Hardys got hit right in the, right in the mouth, uh, with a a ladder, uh, or sorry, edge and question, I guess, which one was it? Uh, it's been too long. Um, (laughs) I I think it was the Hardys actually. And just the, the, the inventiveness of the match and the, the, the way it, it started something, it started something that we still have today and is arguably overdone today, but yep. it wasn't then. Um, and those four guys really, and I, I prefer it to 
the the triangle ladder match and the TLC matches um, because it was fresh and it was different and it was a little simpler. I felt it was a little more pure and um, yeah, it, and it put it really did. All four guys were known, but this is the match that really got them over and started to catapult them to the top of the card. Yeah, no, great choice, great match too. Um, yeah, I mean, what the Hardys and Edge and Christian uh, put together. And then later with the Dudley boys, I mean, some of the most spectacular matches, some of the best high spots I've seen. And it was like, again, like you say, so inventive because it was the first time we were seeing any of this. Mm-hmm. Now, again, as we talk about wrestling, vacuum wrestling, uh, a lot of those matches now are very formulaic. You can kind of see the spots coming. You kind of know, okay, we're setting up for this spot. Mm-hmm. And occasionally we'll get something a little new. But for the most part, they're just kind of paint by numbers on some of those matches. I totally agree. Um, but yeah, this being the first was was definitely something special. Yeah. Great choice. Uh, my number two is Jake the Snake versus Rick Martell, the blindfold match from WrestleMania 7. Now, the reason I, I, I chose this one was this is one of the first memories I have of a gimmick match of one, you know, that I consider kind of outside the norm. Um, and I remember being so mesmerized by this as a, as, when I was younger and watching this, cause they put the, the kind of bags over their head. Wasn't really like a blindfold. It was more like a, a hood, really. a hood mm-hmm. and watching Martel kind of, you know, being very scared, holding onto a rope and kind of reaching out, trying to figure out where Jake was. And then Jake just kind of methodically, just kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> using the crowd. Yeah. And yeah, the, kind of listening for, you know, am I warm? Am I cold? You yeah. Know? He would point, he would point at different spots. Yes. Yes. And wait for the crowd to cheer. Uh, a lot of people crap on this match because it, it's, it doesn't have action. It doesn't have a lot of action. Cause it was a lot of just kind of cat and mouse. And then when mm-hmm. he finally gets him, boom, DDT and we're done. Yeah. Um, but Again, for me, it was just the first time I saw and experienced something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, this, you know, wrestling can be different. It's not just, you know, uh, two guys going for 20 minutes beating up each other. It can have a little more thought into it, a little more creativity. Yeah. And I really, really appreciate it. And I was a big fan of Jake at the time. So it was awesome to see this match and see him get that win. Yeah, and and bringing the crowd into it made literally made the crowd part of the match. If If the crowd had not cooperated with what jake was doing it would have been a problem yeah and and but they did and he knew that they would and he knew how to get them to do it and it it really used a lot of psychology and it was it was it it wasn't you know nobody was doing uh double flying space tiger drops from the top of a steel cage to the outside through six tables onto a bed of thumbtacks that was set on eternal fire in 1692 during the Salem witch trials. But we didn't need that. No, but uh, check pay-per-view because I'm sure that matches out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably fully probably had one. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, my number two or my uh, number two, number five, however you want to look at it. Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair in a false count anywhere match, November 28th, 2016. This was on raw. This was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sasha Banks wins the raw women's championship ah. match from Charlotte Flair. And man, they really took it. This is my favorite 
Sasha Charlotte match. And they really took it to another level in this match uh, with kendo sticks. And it, it, it actually was restarted from earlier in the night when they went to a very quick draw. And then they came back later and had this match. And the crowd was on fire. And Sasha getting the win with the bank statement where she put Charlotte through. She, she placed her through the, the handrail going yeah. up the steps in in the crowd and wrenched back and, and applied the bank statement and got the tap out. And uh, she just collapsed back into the crowd. And yeah, it was a great moment. Uh, Ric Flair came out and congratulated her after that and held her hand up in the middle of the ring. And then WWE went on to completely squash that momentum. Um, yeah. But uh, for that night, it was awesome. And it was a fantastic match. It got legit. Uh, legit legit boss sorry well not ah. intentional um it got real um um what's the word i'm going for here uh organic organic is what i'm going for it got okay. organic this is awesome chance um they weren't forced like you hear so many times from you know the nxt crowds or the aew crowds or whatever um it was real because uh they were killing it and yeah so that gets my number two slash five spot. yeah great choice um i remember watching that one and i thought i remember watching that thinking for sure that there's no way charlotte's gonna lose because they're in charlotte yeah. <laughs> you know they're in flair country mm-hmm. but wwe has a long history of not letting the hometown person win well charlotte had just beaten sasha in boston in hell on, in hell in a cell that's right yeah to take the title from her yeah, so Sasha returned the favor in Charlotte. But yeah, no, great choice. Uh, my number one, and of course, I, if I had had more time to really think about it, I would have done kind of like you did and maybe replaced it with, because this is one we talked about in the top 10. And that's the Hell in the Cell match with with Foley and Undertaker uh, from King of the Ring 98. Um, mm-hmm. Don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Like I say, go back and listen to uh, the other show and check that out more in depth. But I mean, this match just had it all. It was crazy. We were there. Uh, so it had to be my number one gimmick match. Um, but yeah, just what a spectacle spectacle to behold, uh, live and in person. Uh, but also, I mean, I even I can't imagine it not being a spectacle, even watching it at home. There's no way that you couldn't watch that match and just get chills, ooze, ahs, and think that people were dying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I literally did, yes. Um, yeah, uh, it's one of the most famous, I'd say one of the three most famous wrestling matches of all time, I would say, oh, along yeah. with, along with Hogan Andre and the Montreal Screwjob, I would say are probably the three most famous wrestling matches, if, if you ask me. And so, yeah, I think it's definitely worthy of that spot. Everybody knows that match. Yeah. Um, my number one slash four um, is is not what you chose, but it's very close to what you chose. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker in the first Hell in a Cell match. October ah. 5th, 1997. This was it. This bad is blood? It bad blood, yeah. Um, so my second bad blood match. Um, yeah, it, it started the whole Hell in a Cell thing. We got the debut of Kane. Yep. Um, and we, we didn't know what to expect from this match. We knew it was going to be good with The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Uh, we didn't know how good or how crazy it would get. And it set the stage for the match that you were just talking about, The Undertaker uh-huh. and Foley, um, where Foley felt he kind of had to top what Sean did. Um, 
because Sean did fall off the cell, just not from the top. He fell from the side through the table. Um, but beyond that, you know, it was a bloodbath and it was unpredictable. You didn't really know who was going to win. There was no title on the line. Yeah. Bret Hart was the champion. So it really, there was, you couldn't use that to try to predict what was going to happen. Oh, you know, Sean's not going to lose the title. Doesn't have the title. Nobody does. So anybody could have won it. And um, yeah, and of course, getting the debut of a, a character that a is great still way to, around. Yeah, a great way to introduce that character too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Kane, you know, recently, as within the past three weeks, has been on WWE programming in co- in character costume. Yep. So he's still around, man. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, what a match. You're right. I mean, this kicked it all off. This was just. Uh, again, as we, and you got to think, speaking back to Pat Patterson had to have a hand in this, but you know, in the booking of the match, something, maybe not the concept, but, um, but when you look back, it had to have his fingerprints on it and what, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say here, but what a, what a gimmick match, a way to take the, the cage match and up the ante. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and having the, you know, the top on the cell, which is not the first time that had happened. We had seen that before in like war games, you know, a cell with a, a ceiling. So that wasn't new, but just the height of this structure, how big it was, that was crazy. It was a sight to behold. The fact that it extended beyond the ring apron and yes. let them walk around. So you could get outside. out of the ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it was truly something revolutionary. And of course, like I say, we still have these matches today. I mean, they yeah. have a whole pay-per-view now of it again. And again, much like TLC, I have kind of the same sentiment as I liked it better when it was a special attraction at a pay-per-view yeah. and not, Hey, it's Hell in a Cell's coming up, so here comes some Hell in a Cell matches. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, it, we'll get into that. I want to get into that a little bit later. But yeah. you want to know what's net? What's on tap for next week? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's up? What are we doing? All, all right, I, I changed what I was originally going to do, so I'm gonna, I'm going to do what I was originally going to do uh, another time. But in honor of Pat Patterson, next week I want to know your three favorite Royal Rumble matches. Okay, I like it. So let us know, folks. Top three favorite Royal Rumble matches. I love it. I love the idea. Cool. Um, already got a couple in my head, so I have to Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> figure so out I. my order. Um, <laughs> but all right, let's get uh, let's kick off into the show proper here. Um, again, we apologize if we're kind of all over the place. Again, it's very early in the morning. Or we're late, not depending used, on your or late, depending on your uh, disposition. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's start with some AEW. Um, that's the best place yeah that's that's kind of what everybody's talking about right? yeah i got some i mean great stuff to talk about of course dynamite winter is coming or upon us i don't know how, what they what it was actually called it's definitely winter is coming winter is coming yeah yeah so um wow uh we'll we'll save the two biggest ones for a second uh, i'll let you talk about sheeta and abaddon first yeah so interesting twist on sheeta and abaddon i thought as Sheeta is outright being portrayed as scared of Abaddon and, and running 
from Abaddon, pretending she's not scared, but being scared. And that's, I'm wondering if they're planning a double turn or something. Faces aren't scared. Faces don't show fear. Um, But in the backstage interview, interview segment, she, she definitely was showing fear and literally ran when she thought Abaddon was coming. And again, this, she's beaten Abaddon. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting take on it. Um, and despite the fact she's beaten Abaddon, you know, go with it. I'm curious to see what they're what they're doing with it. But yeah, so I don't know. Is, is Abaddon a, a a face now? Are they kind of taking her in a fiend direction? I Maybe. yeah, it's yeah. I didn't know what to make of that. I didn't I didn't see that coming. So yeah, I mean, very interesting. Um, yeah, a double turn sounds like that could be a possibility because right, faces typically aren't the. The scaredy cats. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of other things that happened. Yes, last yes. Week. Um, we'll go into, um, well, I mean, the AEW debut of the icon, Sting, is yeah. all elite. And I mean, good lord. I mean, it, it, it was chill-inducing, no pun intended, with the snow and everything and the winter is coming angle that they had going on. But um, the fact, you know, you got the the Rhodes brothers and, and Darby Allen in the ring versus um, the Taz, uh, Team Taz, and it's like a big thing at the end. They're just getting beat up. Lights go out. This this uh, Tron starts playing, and then it's like okay. Okay. Oh, yep, yeah, it's Sting. Okay, <laughs> here comes Sting, looking great, looking yeah. you know phenomenal, and comes out and does stare downs with everybody, and it's kind of like okay, we still don't really know where this is headed, um, but based on something that Jr. said, apparently he signed a multi-year deal mm-hmm. to be with AEW, and I mean everybody's saying we're pretty sure he's going to wrestle. That's what we're hearing, and so, he's he's. 61 um you know he was suffering from spinal stenosis and that's why he stopped wrestling after his injury against seth rollins uh i don't know if if he feels ready to go and the doctors say he can go and he wants to let him do it let's see i I hope uh i hope it goes well yeah i mean more power to him i mean edges come back from major injury uh daniel bryan has come back from major injury so not at 61 well not at 61 no um but you know, hopefully he can go in and 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 help the brand out. And I mean, it, it definitely shines some more light on AEW. And yeah, kind of says, hey, yeah, they're this isn't flash in the pan. They're kind of a big deal. They're going to be around. It looks like. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes. Um. Maybe even get a Sting Jericho match. Yeah. Yeah. Jericho's already been been hyping that idea on I mean, social media. I'd totally be down for that. Um, yeah. And I think there's got to be some kind of thing with him and Darby Allen, whether it's kind of a mentor type mm-hmm. thing that they get angle, they go for, but even if they had a match, who knows? I, yeah. I, I'm, in, I'm in for whatever, whatever they're going to do. I'm interested. I'm, yeah. I'm down to watch. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hope it goes. I, I tell you, um, you'll remember this. I met staying at the airport. That's right. One time. Yeah. Not, not that long ago, a few years ago. Um, I was, they, they, they called to, to ask if anyone wanted to uh, check their bags for, for free. I 
I didn't check it when I checked into the airport. I carried it with me. I always wait because they always let you do it for free if you wait at the gate. And so uh, I took my bag up to be checked and I turned around and freaking Sting is standing like 15 feet away from me. And I, I didn't want to bother him, but I, you know, it stinks. I wanted to say something. So I walked up to him and I just uh, extended my hand and thanked him for, for all the years of entertaining uh, and, and just forgiving to us. And uh, he started a conversation with me and we just stood around and talked until we boarded the plane. And that, if you fly enough, you know that there's a pretty good chunk of time between when they yeah. ask for volunteers to check bags and when you board. And we had a, we just had a conversation. We didn't even talk wrestling. He was asking me what I did for a living. And I don't think we talked about wrestling at all. And he was just the nicest, most down to earth guy. And so uh, definitely uh, I hope this goes well for him and, and I hope he's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to see what happens. Uh, moving on from that, uh, and I mean, Sting was a huge talking point, but you, you turn the page and bam, there's an even bigger talking point, and that is, of course, we had Omega versus Moxley for the title. As I predicted, Moxley drops the title to Omega in a little bit of a shenanigan way with Don Callis being there. And then Don Callis and Kenny Omega run like they're being chased uh you know by the feds as soon as that match is over and they get stopped as they're going to the suv asking what's going to happen and cal says you could find out tuesday night and they're like but we're on wednesdays he's like no you can check out impact wrestling on tuesday night to find out about this title and it's like what (laughs) and apparently we have collaboration between impact and aew and i love this i think this is awesome um and of course i didn't get to see it tonight because of work but you did uh what happened on impact well on impact they they had an interview segment josh matthews interviewed kenny omega and and don Callis, and um they they spoke that it had been a plot for a while for kenny omega to uh to win the championship and to kind of maybe come over to impact and start uh, maybe uh, dominating there as well. He, he suggested he might want to be impact champion that now that he's uh, AEW champion, he's going to have a little bit of fun. And Don Callis, Don Callis is a, a, a really good heel. He's been a heel a long time. He was the jackal in wwf leading the truth commission he was cyrus and ecw yeah um so this is his wheelhouse uh he's always been a really good mouthpiece for for other people and so uh i think he's probably having a good time i gotta say the the omega moxley match was interesting to me because they they played it like a swerve they they played they wrestled the majority of the matches though omega was the face and moxley was the heel the heat segment was Moxley dominating Omega and then Omega yeah. had the comeback. And so when Callus got up and Moxley pushed him down, it almost made it seem like Moxley was a heel. And then they did the swerve. So, and I was picking up on all this while I was watching it. And it, it was odd to me, not in a bad way, just not what I was expecting. And, you know, I'll always take that. Give, yeah. give me what I'm not expecting. So this is a compliment, not a complaint, just an observation um so yeah they 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 definitely got us good yeah and again 
didn't like didn't see any rumors about this saw nothing this was so far out of left field and uh, loved it and as we were talking before the show opens the door for a lot of really interesting possibilities depending on where they're going to take this um whether it's brand warfare whether it's just you know uh, some people kind of trading back and forth and getting some impact talent on dynamite and vice versa on the impact there um, was that they did air a, a commercial right quote unquote with uh, tony khan and tony shivani two tonys um <laughs> And yeah, it kind of hinted at the possibility of, of brand warfare. It was very tongue in cheek. It was, it was really well done. So you can, you can find that online. Um, def- if you didn't see that, definitely check that out. But yeah, uh, it's, it, I love not knowing what's coming. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see where this goes and I will be uh, very attentive and watching with bated breath to see what, where this angle takes us. Um and I think it's great for the business. Um, it gets impact a little bit more shine because I know being on access TV, not a lot of people can access impact uh, and watch How it. ironic, right? Yeah. And like, I'm one of them. I, I have to search online to watch impact. Oh, I do not okay. get access TV oh. on my cable provider. So, hmm. um, but yeah, so I am very interested in this. Can't wait to see what comes out of it. I think it's going to it's gonna do more for Impact than for AEW, but it will help both. Yes. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, next thing we've got kind of in the notes, uh, talking about Bailey versus Natalia. Yeah, clean tap out. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. What's going on here? So it, one idea is that maybe, one idea I've had, is that maybe it's just, Bailey was dominant for over a year. Maybe now she's just given back a little bit. Um, gave to Peyton at Survivor Series and now maybe to Natalia. Um, we had tribute to the troops where Sasha and Bianca beat Bailey and Natalia, but Natalia took took the fall there, tapping out to Sasha. Um, that was a fun match, by the way. Um, but yeah, Bailey is uh her her momentum has definitely stalled and i don't know if it's by design or if or if it's just because they figure she she dominated for so long so now she can give back a little i don't know what do you think uh, yeah i think i think that's what it is i think it's um instead of keeping the sasha bailey thing continually going they're going to save and revisit that later i think and give us some more of a build back to it. Um, but I think this is them, you know, Bailey just kind of helping elevate other people in the division and taking kind of a sidestep for right now. And then maybe Royal Rumble by WrestleMania, she'll probably be back in the picture uh, for the main event for the women's title. But um, I think, yeah, this is just her kind of take kind of taking a hiatus without taking a vacation, if that makes sense. Hiatus from the top of the car. Yeah. Um, again, so that they can, so we're not seeing the same two people all the time. This way, Sasha mm-hmm. can run through some other people. Um, Bailey can help elevate, again, like say, Peyton, Natalia. And probably, with, probably Bianca. Probably Bianca, because I think we're, we're going to work toward Bianca versus Sasha. I think that's where we're going to go eventually. Eventually. Um. Maybe at Rumble, who knows? 
if we get it to there. But I'll take it. Yeah, no, I'd take that match in a heartbeat. Yeah. But also, it's like, man, but I, I really want Bianca in the Rumble for the women because she does really good in the Rumbles. But anyway, yeah. uh, have my cake and eat it too. Um, Becky did it. No, it's true. Very true. Um, but yeah, no, very surprising. But yeah, I think, I think Bailey's just giving back. I think yeah. she's giving back and taking a small hiatus from the top. Um, let's talk about war games. Yeah, speaking of women, that women's match. Woo! I'll tell you what. That was a great match. Yeah. It was so well done and, again, solidifies so many things that we got to see in that match. One, for me, not because she's one of my favorites, but even if she wasn't, I think I would still have this opinion. Rhea Ripley is the future of the women's division. Uh, at some point, she's going to be on top. She's going to be the one that everybody's chasing, and she's going to be the epitome of women's wrestling in the WWE. Somewhere down the line. Not yet, but it's coming. Um, but yeah, the that spot uh, with EO. The Oscar the Grouch spot. Yes, I love how you call it the Oscar the Grouch spot. Because oh, I was like, okay. EO's climate. We're going to get the EO. She's just going to dive on everybody when they were keeping her out of the ring. I was like, I know that's coming. But then they showed the camera up there. There's a trash can she puts on her. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> the trust you have to have, too. Yes. In the other people in that match. Oh, man. Talk about a blind dive. It, literally, she. Yeah. There's no way she can see anything. Yeah. And. Trust in herself, too. Yeah. But no, I mean, what a spot. Uh, innovative, creative, hadn't seen anything like that, so that's so cool. Yep. Um, I do wish, I, I didn't like one thing, though. Okay. The hammer. They used a hammer. Yeah. And it, couldn't buy it. Couldn't, if you hit somebody in the back with a hammer, they're going to the hospital. They're probably going to be there for weeks or months. Yes. Um, now, I wish they had. I was disappointed in the hammer. Yeah, I, I would just like keep it with the kendo stick, at least. You know, just yeah. do that. Um or chairs, but yeah, the hammer was kind of out of place. Um, I will say, as we speak about that and what kind of injury the hammer would cause, of course, uh, we had a major injury come out of this match. Um, and I don't know as of the time that we're recording this, if they've clarified, but I know they were getting x-rays about Candice LeRae's arm mm-hmm. possibly being broken. I don't know if they've confirmed that yet or not. I haven't, I haven't heard anything yet, but I've had a busy day too. Yeah. So uh, if, if she's injured, well wishes to her that she recovers quickly. Um, it kind of sucks with, you know, the push she's been getting. And then if this happens during this match, you know, where her team gets the win, it really, really sucks for her. They could still use her as a mouthpiece. Yeah. Andy Hartwell and, and um, of course, Brooke you know, we were wrong in our prediction, but I get it because the way that they booked the finish of this match gave EO a natural challenger. Yeah. So obviously Raquel Gonzalez will be the next challenger for EO. And um, yeah, so it was booked with purpose. Nobody was hurt. Um, I, I mean, credibility wise, nobody was hurt. Um, I definitely would not blame anyone for not getting up after being power bombed from the top rope through a ladder. Yep. So, uh, totally bought it and didn't make anybody look bad and it, uh, sets, sets the stage for what's next. So yeah, yeah, that's good booking. Can't yeah. argue with it. Good booking. Great match. Uh, loved every second of it. 
Um, just real quick because of the prediction, of course, we got it completely wrong on both of these matches. Uh, we picked Team Shotzi to win, and they lost. And then we picked uh, Team McAfee to win, and they lost. Mc- McAfee, McAfee. Or McAfee, McAfee. <laughs> McAfee. McAfee. <laughs> what? Sorry, that's like... like- I, no, I'm 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 from New England, and I'm ordering from the McDonald's cafe. Yeah, I need yes. to get something from the McAfee menu, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, you son of a. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> too much Family Guy. Um, I'm not really from Rhode Island. <laughs> Ooh, are they going to pay us? Ooh, Pet Boys. Pet Boys. Or in honor of Pat Patterson, my boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, the undisputed era winning. I I don't like this booking with them winning. I thought the match was good; mm-hmm. it was entertaining. But again, I I just thought it was wasted booking to have them go over here. Yeah, I thought he killed Pete Dunn with that Ushigoroshi. Oh. Pete Dunn came down straight on top of his head on onto Adam Cole's knee or leg. And I, I thought he was really, really going to be seriously hurt. Yeah. Cause I think we thought, cause that's where we thought that Pete Dunn was going to go for the brutalizer, but then it got reversed into the, I can't say. Ushigoroshi. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, that looked very, very like, ooh, cringeworthy. Yeah. But um, like He's I say, right. hats off to everybody. Good match. I just I wish good it work. Were, yeah, it was good, good work. Good I just thought I, match. Yeah. I would have liked it to have been booked the other way. Yeah, um, we got something else wrong. Oh yes, uh, of course. <laughs> we got well, almost everything wrong. No, no. One, one you match. You got we, it wrong. You picked Damian Priest. Oh, did I pick Damian? Yes. Okay, but I did say that the Leon Ruff experiment comes to an end. I got that part right. <laughs> well. His title reign came to an end. I'm not title sure reign. the experiment. Oh, true, to the end. true. Yeah. We hope and we think that that, that he's going to stick around. We're going to have more to that, and I hope so. Um, but yeah, um, match was interesting how they played this. Now I will say this: I'm kind of liking Damian Priest after this match. I I've been liking him more lately since he's gotten to actually show personality. And we're getting a sense for who he is as a person, or at least as a character, if not the real person. Uh, for so long, he was just an entrance. That's yeah. all he was. And we didn't know anything about him, and I was not interested at all. But since he's gotten to talk a little bit and show a little bit of cockiness, but also a little bit of willingness to help out someone who seems to need it, but not when they push back on him a little bit. So he, he's showing some complexity. It was a great little story between him and Leon in this match. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, I'm, I, I got Johnny. Let me, let me do this. You hit the showers, you know. And then Leon's like, no, man, I'm, I'm champ. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And then you know he does that power bomb spot into the barricade. Yeah. And then it's like, oh man, damn. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean to go that far. And then it was a nice little story, but yeah, I'm the same way. I'm I'm starting to like Damian Priest more and more because at first, yeah, I just wasn't into it. I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, but well, I tell you what, he reminds me of in the ring. Um, and I don't mean, you know, one to one comparison here, but mostly just the work in the ring, some of the spots he hits, the way he does the moves. He reminds me of the Undertaker. Hmm. But a little bit sped up. Not yeah. quite as methodical, right? But like uh, those two, uh, like 
spots back to back where he was going over the ropes. Mm-hmm. Like the one where he stepped on the middle rope and used that as a springboard out to the outside um, into the, the uh, somersault plancha. And then he did the undertaker kind of dive over the top in the other corner right after that. And just with the, the physique, the height and everything, he just reminds me a lot of Mark Calloway. Um, and uh, there are worse people to be compared to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're, they're definitely the same build generally. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, they, they, they have a similar vibe. Yeah. But I will say this every time I see him, I'm just like, it's, it's Vin Diesel. If he was a wrestler, <laughs> <laughs> he looks a little like Vin Diesel. Yeah, a little more hair. But but I'm digging on Priest. I dig it. Um, but yeah, of course, Gargano squeezing out that win with more of the ghost face, which turned out to be, um, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Austin? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I almost said Austin Powers. Austin, yeah, <laughs> baby, yeah. <laughs> He's a big fan of the Gargano. Um, <laughs> I would have liked that better. Uh, uh, that would have been interesting. Austin. <laughs> um, um, uh, theory, Austin theory. Yeah, and yeah. Oh God! Even though Austin. we had fifteen different ghost faces, but only one of them was one we're supposed to care about. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, the like, others uh, don't worry so much about them. Rentagoon. We have Rentagoon. <laughs> it's the rest of the Retribution people that suddenly vanished. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, we're not getting any paychecks on Raw anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but that is a good segue that you bring up Retribution. Let's talk about that. And once again, what is going on? Okay, here's the thing. Obviously, the fact that they're losing is but has become part of the story. Mustafa Ali is his character is more upset about it than any of the fans are. So I don't know that it was the idea from the beginning. I don't think it was. I think they made a booking mistake and then realized it and decided, okay, well, we can't erase it. So let's run with it. Um, But now it is part of the design and I I'm beginning to think it really is designed around Ali the problem now that I see is that since it, I, the one I'm worried about the most is Mia Yim because her yeah. freaking mask came off and they can't deny that it's Mia Yim anymore. So now this isn't reckoning that's losing to Dana Brooke every week. It's, it's Mia, Mia yeah. Yim. Uh, and that definitely hurts her credibility, especially losing as quickly and easily as she did on Raw this week. Yeah. So I'm I'm worried about that. If her mask hadn't come off, even though it was obvious who she was the whole time, uh, if her mask hadn't come off, they could still, you know, finagle it to say, eh, it's not really Mia Yim or whatever, or present her as a completely different character, but they can't do that now. So Mia Yim's gone from someone who, could and should have been a, a credible title challenger at some point into someone who's losing to Dana Brooke every week. And that is a problem, but retribution as a whole, they've got something in mind for it. And I think it's going to put Ali in a better place by the time it's done. I'm willing to see where they're going. Yeah. I'm willing to as well. I just hope it doesn't come again at the sacrifice of these four other people. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't want, because I mean, Mia Yim's the HBIC man. It's like to go from that to this, I'm just like, oh, wasted, wasted. Yeah. Um, 
and she's good enough she can come back from it but they've got she and, needs their help and and maybe we'll get a we'll, we'll turn this into you know ali's like you know and, and then she gets fed up she's like I, well i don't know why i was following you anyway and then that gives her kind of an out and a face turn maybe a fresh start yeah there are ways to do it yeah. i just hope that they they keep that in mind that uh she's a she's a heck of a talent and yes um she can be a really really big benefit to any women's division yes um so yeah hopefully we will correct the ship and retribution you know hopefully this isn't them giving up on Mm -hmm. retribution um because again mustafa ali i think uh didn't i say didn't i say You, you said the long you again mustafa Mustafa? Mustafa? Mustafa. 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 Mustafa Ali. Um, Because, again, I'm with you. I want to see him get elevated to better heights. I think he could be really big in a main event for a title, a world title, in a year, two years' time, easily. Yeah. Yeah. If they handle it right. Yep. Definitely. Um, He's he's got the talent. You You were... Speaking earlier about having multiple Hell in a Cell matches on a card, now we've got multiple TLC matches coming up on TLC as well. Uh, it's it's a little it's a little much, I think. Yeah, again, I I, I don't like when they do gimmick matches for gimmick's sake. Mm-hmm. It just again, that's why I wish we could get back to you know, as you in your picks, you know, where's Bad Blood? Where's mm-hmm. where's Armageddon? Where's where's the where's these pay per views that don't have to have a gimmick in there? Doesn't doesn't mean you can't have a gimmick match in them, but why do you have to call the whole thing TLC and center almost all your matches or multiple matches around this gimmick? So that you're obligated to do a match. Yeah. Because let, let's face it, I, I loved the Roman Reigns Jey Uso Hell in a Cell match. It yeah. didn't have to be in Hell in a Cell. No. There was nothing they could have done that exact same story without being surrounded by a cell. Yeah, but they because it used was it. Yeah, but because it was that month, it's like, well, we gotta put it in a cell. Yeah. It, it, the pay-per-view is called Hell in a Cell, so we gotta have a Hell in a Cell match. So yeah. So now we've got two TLC matches. Who knows if that's all we're going to have? Yeah. <laughs> um I, like you mentioned before, I'm I'm waiting for the women's tag title match to be announced as a tables match. It wasn't. It wasn't, so maybe maybe we'll get surprised, and that'll just be a straight up match, or maybe. But that's second. the one that makes sense. That's yeah, that's the one <laughs> that that should be a tables match or a TLC match, but the other one is like uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, w- I, w- I do want to say though, I really, really, really loved the interaction uh, on Raw with um, McIntyre and Sheamus. I like how oh, they're yeah. building this. You know, we got the inevitable um, accidental brogue kick. Mm-hmm. Like, you know where this is headed and they fight and they find someone else to beat up. And it's like, pint, pint, you know, because they're friends and they're, they fight. That's just how it is. Yeah, I was ready to come on here and talk about how they were booking Drew McIntyre as a stupid face who just falls for whatever the heels are trying to get them to fall for. Um, but no, they took it a different direction. So refreshing. Um, wasn't crazy about them beating up Pat Buck. It was a little bullyish to me for faces. And Seamus has had that problem before as a face, where they booked him as a bully as a face. 
True. Um, maybe doing it once isn't so bad. I hope it doesn't become a, a regular thing. But if it was just a way to kind of establish this dynamic between the two and it's a one-off, it's not that big of a deal, I don't think. Yeah. So I'm interested to see, because um, I think that, I think it is getting set up. Eventually, we are going to get Seamus versus McIntyre. I think that's foregone. But how they approach it, we could get a different take on it, which I would welcome. Yeah, always. Um, something non-formulaic. Yes. Um, and then last note we have to talk about, and this, I, I've i been waiting for this to happen. Yes, I've been wanting for this to happen. I'm like... Wanting for this? Wanting this to happen. Yeah, it's like, I, it's like, I know it's going to happen at some point. We're going to get the trigger pulled on this. There's going to be a time when he's in the ring as Bray Wyatt. The lights are going to go down, and when they come back up, he's going to be the fiend. Yes. And we got it. And it yes. was done perfectly. <laughs> and I was wondering, how, how, how would they do it? And, oh, this is how they don't have an audience. <laughs> so, so obviously when he came back up as a fiend, that was pre-taped. They, they, you know, yeah, the, the audience was not on the screens anymore. They replaced the audience with the fiend logo and all this. So uh, it was very clever. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if they can somehow pull it off when audiences are back, but if not, they took, full advantage of of the thunderdome yes and no live audience to to do this cool thing that i've been wanting them to do yes and again i think it was just so awesome what a sight and again since crowds aren't live you're able to pull this off and and you know it may not have actually been pre-taped it could have been that they just took their time in between the blackout and just edited the blackout down a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. They you know what that. I mean? Um, and just made it so it wasn't... But, of course, I mean, he could have had the Fiend gear on underneath his Bray Wyatt gear, and all he had to do was put the mask on. Could have. So, yeah. realistically, he could probably do that quick change in less than 30 seconds. Yeah, with some practice. With some practice. So Get JoJo I, to help. Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, on a side note, um, just a few cool little things that have happened. Um, I do want to sit there and say, of course, Alexa Bliss, not on the show. Um, and for those- I, I was hoping when the lights came back up, it was going to be a demonic version of Alexa Bliss, but turns out that- she and Charlotte were in uh, California filming something for a TV show. Yes, I actually have the deets on that. Um, All right. They uh, were with Devon Dudley, who is helping produce the new Punky Brewster series. And they're going to be on that. As regulars, or uh, I, now that it didn't clarify, I don't know if it's just a one-off. Like they're just going to be in like the debut episode or an episode or two. Um, I don't think they're going to be regulars, but again, I don't know. It could be. I know Devon is a regular part of the show, as he's like a producer, but and he may even be directing the episode that they are in. But uh, but I thought that was interesting. Sole Moon Fry, she gonna be on there? I don't know if they're bringing her back. If the original Punky Brewster, she might come. She might be playing the mom, or I don't know what the premise of this. They should is. just they should just do adult Punky Brewster, where this that would be where this grown woman insists on being called Punky. That's that's the conceit of the show. That could be interesting. <laughs> Call me Punky. Call me Punky. And then they uh, cut to break, and it's Pet Boys. Pet Boys. Get that money. Get that money rolling. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, that's pretty much our show this week. That's all the stuff we wanted to run down. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on you'd like to bring up? Oh, no. Man, I'm tired. Well, uh, yeah, me too. But real quick, give me your one thing that you uh, really love this week. Oscar the Grouch, baby. The Oscar the Grouch dive, I think, was my favorite thing of the week. Uh, yeah, no, that was very, very cool. Uh, I'm going to go a little more sentimental. Um, and it again, just because I'm a dad, but congratulations to Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, welcoming, welcoming their baby uh, into the world over the weekend. Uh, congratulations to them. I think that's awesome. And hopefully it means uh, we're not too far away now from a return of the man or as everybody's been putting her on the mom. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, congrats to them. I thought that was awesome. Um, but yeah, if, as it relates to wrestling, it's gotta be sting. <laughs> Sting's debut is pretty awesome. So yeah. I really like that. But anyway, thanks for tuning in guys uh, for this uh, uh for lack of a better term, jet lagged version of the show <laughs> as it's super, super early in the morning. As I look at there, yes, it's a quarter till three. Yeah. So in uh, about three hours and 15 minutes, this will go live at 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern on all your favorite platforms. So please like, share, subscribe, check it out. Uh, instead of tagging the outro, I'm just going to do it right now. You can find us on Twitter and that is plus WrestleCast, uh, spelled out P L U S WrestleCast on, and that's at on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Timothy K. You can find Steven at Bizarro Doom. Also, look up Positively Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, drop us a rating. Uh, send us your questions, your thoughts on anything we've talked about, uh, what your top three Royal Rumble matches are. Uh, tell your friends. And tell your friends, uh, you know. We want, I mean, we're going to keep doing this, but hey, listeners help. And we want as many people to join in on the conversation as we can get. So please like, share, subscribe. We will see you next week. And we've got some cool stuff in the works and a very, very cool bonus episode coming up. Uh, not going to give what is, what is Megacard? That is a question we will answer next week. Right here on Positively Wrestling. <laughs>